Good morning, everyone. Today's class is titled, What Page Are We On? Part 2. We're going to discuss the morning blessings. Rabbi Yitzchok Bar Sheishes, a 14th century Spain rabbi, the Rivash, he was asked by some of his fellow followers, his Hasidim, and they said, what intention should we have when davening? When we pray to Hashem, what should be our intention? Yehuda, what was his answer? I'm just going to call on him. <laughs> no, take a guess. It's just a guess. What do you think? What's the answer? If you were asked by your children, what intention should we have when praying? We should be thinking about Hashem, thinking about the things that He has done for us, and blessing and thanking. Thinking about Hashem, thanking Hashem, blessing Hashem. Fantastic. And turns the Rivash for Bitzchak Parsheshes to his students and he says, I had the same question for my teacher, and my teacher told me when I daven, I need Mispalal, I daven with the intentions of a child. You want to know what you should think about when you're davening? Pretend you're a 10 year old child and have that same sincerity of a child. Don't get caught up, don't get lost in the deep thoughts, the Kabbalistic meanings, don't... There's a place for that. But first, make sure you're able to have that sincerity, that truthfulness of a young child. When we daven, it is very important we focus on what we are saying. Not only is it important we're not supposed to hold anything. I'd like to read a quote from Reb Shlomo Gansfried, 18th, um, 19th century rabbi, author of Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. In your handout, it's number one. And over here, it's in chapter six, and he's discussing this very point, how we say blessings. Before one, one blesses any blessing, he needs to know which blessing it is that he needs to bless. So that at the time he mentions the name of God, blessed be he, which is the main part of the blessing, one knows what will be the blessing's end. So Menachem, I want, you to I want to give you an e example. I know it's never happened to you, but imagine you just started, you grabbed something and you started saying a blessing, and you didn't think about what the ending is. Right on a piece of cake, we make a mizonot. Well, you picked up the cake, you made it, you said, Baruch Atah, Hashem, blessed are you, Lord our God. But, you didn't focus at the time that you're going to say Borei Minei Mizonot Creator of different types of, of food You weren't focusing on that Well, that is not appropriate I'll give you an, an, a more complicated example that is even more common Well, we just finished blessing the Omer And we know every night has a different count and it's very confusing towards the end. Is it the 42nd night? And if it's the 42nd night, how many weeks is it and how many days? It can get confusing. So sometimes we just grab the sitter open and we say, Baruch Hashem, blessed are you who commanded us to count the Omer. And then we start calculating what night it is. No. That's not the way it should be. First, we have, we're blessing, we're talking to Hashem. You ever had someone call you? And they called you the wrong name because they weren't thinking who they're talking to? Or they, like they're in the middle of another... No, no, we're talking to Hashem. Let's focus. Point A that the Rav Gansfried says. Point two. It is forbidden to do any other thing at the time one blesses. 
And one must not bless hurriedly, but pay attention to the meaning of the words. Okay? So we shouldn't be going ahead and texting our friend while we're in the middle of saying hi, Dula Hashem, and using... Right now, you've never seen this before. I'm just giving you, imagine such a thing. It's, it's, it's on, it, I'm sure you've never seen it, because you wouldn't do such a thing. If, if I'm talking to Maisha Mandel, hi, Maisha Mandel, how are I wouldn't do it to my Shemandal and I certainly wouldn't do it to Hashem. And by the way, if someone does talk to you like this, you probably there's probably something going on. It's not so healthy. Can you walk? Oh, could you walk? Could you walk? Very good question. There's an entire chapter in Halakha discusses walking. Ideally, you should be stationary when davening. Right, right. There is a chapter that discusses traveling, air, um, traveling, etc. But if you're asking the ideal, the ideal is to be stationary. And Menachem, not driving. Not only should you be stationary, but you should even have a set place in Shul. Your stationary place should be the same every single day. Wow. Because <laughs> we all <laughs> see. <laughs> I have to sit here every time. <laughs> no, this is when Dav when Davini to Hashem. Davini. Okay. Also, when I say stationary, it means within six feet in any direction. So if you come to Shul, we have to know, let's not... Two things we have to know. Let's not be rude to people and say, that's my seat out. That's A. And B is... By the way, you're laughing. Unfortunately, sometimes it happens, so we need to clarify. B, B is... Wait, did you say that? No, because that's point B. There's no problem sitting within six feet. Dalit Amot. We got good... So, you got good coverage. Good. Yes, yes, Unless yes. they pay for the seat, then maybe... If they pay for the seat, they have every right to ask you to move. They can say it's my seat. That makes sense. So, back to our discussion. Don't say the blessings too fast. Say it... Yes, please. Say it appropriately. If they paid for the seat... It might be appropriate, <coughs> but would it be um, the thing to do? Good question. Should you go and ask someone to get up, even if you paid for it? I mean, I think that's going to depend on the time, place, person, and the situation. Because if it has your name on it, which sometimes it does, that's fair. You know, you could just say, you know, this, I purchased this seat. During the um, holidays, and there's. And, but there's again, it also city. depends who you're talking to. If you, if it's a person that you think is going to get bothered, then of course you should have respect for that person. Um, so you have to take everything into consideration, whether or not you should ask someone to get up, even if you paid for it. Good question. Now we're going to skip to the end of this p- paragraph, and we're going to see what is the solution to focusing. Yesterday, my Talmidim said a graduation speech. Mm-hmm. And they were fighting with me. We don't need to practice. Not only did I make them practice, I made them practice in the right place a few times. Because when we verbalize something, it makes us focus. And that's the last three lines of this paragraph. It is proper for a man or a woman that they accustom themselves to say the blessings out loud. Because hearing one's voice awakens the concentration. So, coming to a library is not very healthy. Meaning, a shul should not be a library. <coughs> shul should be a place of noise. Not of talking. Don't get me wrong. But it should be a place of the noise of tefillah. So, we do need a focus when we are davening. 
The question is, most of us, myself included, the real Kabbalistic insights when we pray are way above us. Very complex. And if you go and you get these papers that you can print out with all the Kabbalistic meanings, that it, that, that's not the real Kabbalistic meaning. There's a lot of depth to it. So, what if we have the ability to have that sincerity like we began of a child? That truthfulness of a child. But we can't have those Kabbalistic insight, insights. What's the second best? And here we have a, a quote from Hayom Yom where... The Rebbe quotes the following, a well-known tradition, number two. The following is well-known and a tradition regarding the Kavanot, mystical intentions in davening. For those intellectually incapable of meditating on those Kavanot, meaning if you don't have the ability to focus on the Kabbalistic insights, either because they lack knowledge or because they cannot remember the specific Kavanot during prayer, it is sufficient that they keep one general kavana in mind. And this is what I wanted to share with you. If you don't have the ability to focus on the deep meanings of the Kabbalistic insights, have the following in mind. That my prayer be heard by God with all the kavanot described in Kabbalah. That means if I can't think of all the Kabbalistic insights, no problem. There's a medium, and that is, tell Hashem, I don't know what these are, but accept my prayers with the Kabbalistic insights in mind. But if you don't have the Kabbalistic insights, you... You're telling Hashem, I don't know them, but please accept my prayers through the, through the channels of these Kabbalistic insights. And you say that before you say the prayer? No, you don't say it. This is while you're praying, you should have this in mind. Rabbi... Kavanot is the intention. Yes. Yeah. If you do it that way, do you get the same schus as if you would have thought at the right time of each separate one? I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that it's, it's an in-between. Okay. In other words, it's better than not having... Not only it's better, it's close to having all the Kabbalistic insights. Good question. But... So you may be thinking, I can't have all these Kabbalistic insights, and I'm a goner. But you're not a goner. We all know that there's a plane, there's a plane going around the world. And over here we have one of the, uh, the people behind the plane. The solar-powered plane going around the world. And we're all able to jump into the sky. We're all able to do it. Meaning, although we may not have these intentions in mind, when Mashiach comes... Let's look at quote number three. With the advent of Mashiach, there will be revealed the superior quality of the traits of simplicity, simplicity and wholeheartedness. That means Mashiach is going to tell us that the simple person, simple doesn't mean ignorant, simple doesn't mean a bad person, simple means a person that didn't have the ability to learn all the tremendous insights. That simplicity that he has, the wholeheartedness he has, will be revealed when Mashiach comes. This is amazing. So, let's summarize, and with this we're going to conclude the first section of, our, of today's discussion regarding intention, Kavanah. So to conclude this topic, A, let's not fool ourselves. Don't get caught up in the Kabbalistic insights before you have that principle, that, that principle item of being a 10-year-old child. That truthfulness. 
the when you say something, you mean it. Now, in addition to that, if we cannot have all the Kabbalistic insights to the step number two, which is to go ahead and at least ask Hashem to accept your prayers as if you had all the Kabbalistic insights. And number three is, even if you don't have any of this, when Mashiach comes, we're going to see the greatness and holiness of, of those that have sincerity. Are there any questions? So let's now discuss the first thing we do every day. And that is the Moda'ani. Menachem, please go ahead and bring Tzidurim for everyone. The first thing in the morning we say, and you'll see it inside of the Siddur momentarily, is the Moda'ani Lefanecha. Could I, could I challenge anyone to count on their fingers how many words are in this prayer? Could I count, challenge anyone to tell me how many prayers did you count, Menachem? The answer is 12. Okay. 12. 12. Modeh ani lefanecha, melech chai v'kayim, shehechazarta, bi nishmasi v'chemla, rabba emunasecha. Let me quote to you the following. In a United States convention of neurologists from all over the world, one of the main topics was the phenomenon of people fainting upon getting up from bed. One of the speakers, Professor Linda McMarron of Great Britain, got up and gave a lengthy speech regarding her study on this issue, why people are fainting upon awakening. She elaborated that after many years of study and investigation on this subject, she came to the conclusion that the fainting is caused by the sharp transfer between laying down and standing up. Yeah. Professor McMarron said that it takes 12 seconds for the blood to flow from the feet to the brain. But when a person quickly stands up upon waking up, the blood gets thrown to the brain too quickly and the result is fainting. She suggested that each person, even one that does not have a tendency to faint, upon waking up should sit on the bed and count slowly till 12 to avoid dizziness, weakness, and or fainting. Her speech, her speech was rewarded with loud applause and, and enthusiastic feedbacks. Another professor, a religious Jewish man, a Jewish religious man asked permission to speak. He said, By us the Jews there is an old tradition thousands of years old to say a prayer of thanks to the creator of the world for meriting us to wake up holy, healthy and whole. The prayer is said immediately upon waking up while one is still on the bed and sitting down. There are 12 words in this prayer, and if one regulates himself to say slowly with concentration, it takes exactly 12 seconds to say it. 12 words in 12 seconds. You're supposed to sit up? Yeah. Mo it. Momentarily, I'll tell you exactly how, how we say it. Yeah, he said the prayer slowly in Hebrew. Modeh ani lefanecha, melech chai v'kayim, shechazarta b'yinishmasi b'chemla, I thank thee, O living and eternal King, because you have graciously restored my soul to me. Great is your faithfulness. The auditorium burst into standing applause that roared throughout the auditorium. This time it was for the creator of the world. How amazing. How amazing that we don't do this because science tells us. But we have an incredible scientific that not only is it something we should do because 
it's important for us to immediately recognize Hashem, which is why we do it, but also physically our body necessitates that time to wake up and be able to live. Amazing. Especially when you're old. Older. You're good, you're good. <laughs> so let's go ahead now and open our sitter to page number five. Page number five, you can see the first paragraph on the top, I offer thanks to you. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, we're going to get in a moment to discuss how we do it, but let's look in our handouts on page number one. We're going to do the parts four and five. There's a line we say every evening, In your hand I entrust my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Every night we entrust our spirit to Hashem. Well, we continue in number five. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Imagine this. Every night we give Hashem back our soul. Tired. Dead tired. And Hashem gives us back our soul re-energized. Now this is unheard of. What is our soul? Our soul is a guarantor. Is a guarantee. Hashem gives us our soul and every night He takes it back. Now when you go ahead and you lend someone money, and that person gives you a collateral, the collateral doesn't go back to the initial person after the loan even better, comes back worse. Naturally, time has a way of affecting things. Hashem takes our soul, our collateral, dead tired, He doesn't give it to back. Not only does He not give it back to us worse off, He gives it back to us re-energized. And for that, every morning we tell Hashem, Thank you, Hashem, for re-energizing my soul, giving me a new energy, giving me a new spirit. Now, because... Because Hashem's name is not there, again, you can look at the English, there's no mention of Hashem. Therefore, we're allowed to say this, even if we are impure, which we are. Upon awakening, we're naturally impure, and we'll discuss that by the next blessing. Even, nonetheless, we could still say this blessing because there is no mention of God's name. This... But it's the eternal king. Eternal king. But we're not saying one of God's names. Okay, okay. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a adjective there. Right, right. Okay. This, every morning when we wake up, this is the biggest proof. And similarly, we're also thanking Hashem for the revival of the dead that will happen. Belief number 13, principle number 13 of the 13 principles of faith from Maimonides, the revival of the dead. Every morning when we say this prayer, we're, we're saying, Hashem, just like you revived my body, similarly you'll also revive the dead when Mashiach comes. So, let's discuss how we do this. Firstly, we, sit up, we do sit up in bed. Now, I'm just going to tell you the custom the Chabad custom. There are many customs, but it's a very beautiful custom. We put our hands together like this. With we put our, we um, connect our hands and we say Halacha tells us you should not put your feet on the floor yet. 
until after you're going to wash your hands momentarily, you shouldn't even put your feet on the floor. Because putting your feet on the floor could transfer impurity. So, again, you lie in your bed, you sit up, and your feet are still on the bed, and you say modani. Any questions regarding modani? What if physically you cannot take that position? No problem. You do whatever you can. No problem at all. This is a custom, like I said. It's not a halakha. And um, you'll do whatever, whatever is necessary. Absolutely. So there are two types of blessings. We're now going to start entering the morning blessings. And there are two types of blessings. One blessing is we thank Hashem for whatever He gave us. I'm eating cake. Thank you, Hashem. I'm having a drink. Thank you, Hashem. I'm able to go to the bathroom. We say, Asher Yatsar. Thank you, Hashem. Whatever. If you see a beautiful place in the world, there's a special blessing we make. If you see a king, you thank Hashem for his creations. That's one, one type of blessing. It's called Birchat <clears throat> Hanehenin. Blessings of pleasure. Then we have a second type of blessing, and that is called, anyone know the second type? Birchat HaMitzvot. A blessing on a mitzvah. And there's a small difference between the two blessings. Does anyone know the difference in words between whether we're blessing Hashem for a pleasure or a mitzvah? Um, Mr. Schwartz, you want to share? Fantastic. In a blessing, we often say, as for, as for example, let's look in the blessing we make on washing our hands. Second paragraph, page 5. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments. Asher kidshanu b'mitzvosav. Well, this you only say if we're blessing Hashem for a commandment. That's why if you make a blessing on food, so then you just say, Baruch ata Hashem. Blessed are you, Hashem. Elokeinu melech King of the universe. Creator of um, sustenance. You don't say these words. But what I'd like to do is, I want to point out three very important things that we say every time we make a blessing. And without these three foundations, the blessing is not clear. I know that we've all been saying it for years, myself included, and until, until I learned this, I didn't even think about it. But when you learn it, you see... The most simple blessing we make hundreds of times a day, right? It says you should make a hundred blessings a day. Mm -hmm. So one hundred times a day we're, making, we're saying these words. What do they mean? Well, Baruch, blessed. What, what does it mean Hashem is blessed? Like, if I say you're blessed, so that would... Baruch, what does it mean if I say you're, a, you're blessed? You're blessed by Hashem. You're blessed by Hashem. Okay, so what, do I, what does it mean if I say Hashem is blessed? You are blessed. What, what does that mean? You're beyond all blessings. So it doesn't mean you're blessed. Mendel, how many times have you said the words Baruch Atah Hashem over the last 13 years of your life? A few times you're 13 by 365 by 100. I don't know what that number is going to come out. Millions, hundreds, Millions. thousands, whatever it is. <laughs> Baruch Atah Hashem When you say Blessed are you Hashem Very similar to what Baruch says It doesn't mean you are blessed It means you are the source of blessing Baruch Atah Hashem Hashem you are the source of blessing But now 
Mendel has said 474,500 blessings over his life. So Mendel, out of these 474,500 that you've said, I want to ask you another question that makes no sense. I want to read you, I want to read you in English this blessing again, Mendel. I want to read you this blessing. Listen, tell me why it makes no sense. Zero. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us concerning the washing of the hands. Hashem left the middle of the blessing. Did you see that? Blessed are you. Hashem is here. You. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to someone else who has sanctified us with his commandments. Uh, shouldn't we say with your commandments? Yeah. Every time we make a blessing on a mitzvah, like Hashem's leaving in the middle, similarly. Hashem's leaving in the middle. What does that mean? Baruch, blessed are you, Hashem. You. We're. So you don't say you, Taking. But it's capitalized. Capitalized. Anything referring to Hashem is always... So it's a, a king, you don't say you. You say the holy king or something. So even saying you is not appropriate. The, in other words, to a king, you talk in the third person, correct? Yes. So then you shouldn't say you. So you, you doesn't belong there. Well, first you're talking to God, and then you're talking to all of us. Right? Does that make sense? I mean... I hear that. It doesn't... Not really. Because we're talking to Hashem. We're talking... The key is that He sanctified us. We have the opportunity to uphold His... Yeah, this is describing Hashem. You can describe it in the third person. But why would I... Why would I look at... Why would I look at Brett and say, Brett, you are most amazing because He has if I'm talking to other people, that would make sense. But if I'm talking to Brett, I say that you are most amazing because you have an amazing coat right now. But if I, I wouldn't say you are most amazing because he has. That, that but that's a single. Single. But we don't, we, I think it's, we're switching to us, to everybody. Talking to everyone. Yeah. You know, fair enough. I want to share with you that I'll share with you okay. a second answer. I'm not gonna, okay. I'll share with you a second amazing answer. We all know that Hashem is Mimale. He fills this whole world. That means there is an aspect of Hashem which we connect to. You! Uh, could you imagine the little me I am able to talk to Hashem in the first... You, Hashem? That's Mimale. The part of Hashem that fills this world. We have an inner connection with. But then there's an aspect of Hashem that is greater than us. Sovev. It surrounds us. He. So when I'm talking to Hashem, we, I'm making it clear, Hashem, I'm talking to you, Mimale, and I'm talking to him, Sovev. The, I'm talking to the aspect of Hashem that connects with us, and I'm talking to the aspect of Hashem that is greater than us. And that is why the switch from first, sorry, from second to third person. And now a third, now a third, a third part. We say, Hashem has sanctified us with His mitzvot. How do mitzvot sanctify us? What, what about mitzvot are sanctifying us? What does the word mitzvah mean? Commandment. Commandment. Okay. Mitzvah, what were you saying? Tzav. Okay. Mr. Schwartz? My understanding of this is that entire concept of saying 
by reminding yourself of the, 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 the holiness of the Shem and the fact that he's everywhere and that he, he's always in front of you and that he's always filling you, you should, you should be able to better fight your... You're your, saying regarding Motani. Right. right. And, and I, I believe the same, the same type of, of concept would, would exist here. That's, that's what you're doing. You're, you're asking for, for help sanctifying yourself. That's the whole point of what a mitzvah is. Fair enough, but I'm going to tell you mitzvah is even more than that. Mitzvah, turn your hand out to number six, page number two, number six. Mitzvah milashon safsa. Never forget this. This is very powerful. Mitzvah comes from the word safsa to connect. Mitzvahs connect us to Hashem. So not only are we listening to Hashem, but we're actually connecting through the act itself. That's what you said, then fantastic. Then I fully agree with you. You were 100% correct. That... So when we say Hashem has sanctified us, yes. When we do a mitzvah, we're touching Hashem, making ourselves holy. <clears throat> so again, summary, we've learned three parts regarding a blessing. We've learned that Baruch, when we say, blessed are you Hashem, we're saying, Hashem, you're the source of blessing. The reason we switch from the second person, you, to the third person, his mitzvahs, is because we're talking to Hashem and all aspects of Hashem. The parts that we could connect with on a very personal level, you, and the parts of Hashem that are much greater than us and harder to connect with in the third person. So now we're ready to wash our hands. So we wake up, we try ideally not to put our feet on the ground, and we wash our hands. We pick up the cup in our right, it's a little detailed, I'll share with you first, and then we'll read it inside. Everything in Judaism begins with the right. The right is chesed, is kindness. The left is strictness, as we've learned in the Tanya class. So you pick up the cup. Which hand do you wash first? The right. The right. So naturally, you should pick up the cup first with your left hand. But no. We don't want to allow the left to be, to, to be first. We want kindness to always be first. So we pick up the cup with our right hand. We pass it to our left hand, and then we pour it on our right hand. Right always wins. As I've mentioned before, that's why, although it goes against the custom of the world, the custom of the world is that for men, the left... Only in countries that have buttons. Only in countries that have buttons, fair enough. Actually, it's still a minority in the world, thankfully. But nonetheless, the, the, the custom, according to Kabbalah, is that the right should always go over, on top of the left. And that is why I have a secret button here. Make that happen. Okay, so the right, you pick it up with the right, you pour it three times consecutively on, on the hands. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Let's read quote number seven and see this inside. And now, why do we wash our hands in the morning? Two reasons. Number one is, at night, our soul left. The, the majority, a lot of our soul left our body. We're still alive, but a lot of it has left our body gone to Hashem to connect with Hashem well whenever you have an open space there's place for something bad or impure to come right we say if you're wasting your time so then you have the ability to unfortunately see or hear inappropriate things if you're constantly focused on something so then you're not going to get lost in other items the same thing as our body when our body is full of our soul there's no place for impurity but at night impurity comes to our body so the first reason we wash our hands is to get rid of that impurity. The second reason we wash our hands is, well, we're about to serve Hashem. 
the Kohanim, the priests, when they would enter the Holy Temple every morning, first thing they would do is wash their hands and feet from the Kiyor. The same thing. I'm ready to serve Hashem. Let me wash my hands like the Kohen. Let's see this inside number seven. Since every man upon rising from his bed in the morning is like a newborn creature for the worship of the Creator, blessed be His name. So he needs to sanctify himself and wash his hands from a vessel like the priest used to sanctify by washing his hands daily out of the wash basin before performing his temple service. The first reason we wash is because we're a new person. It's a new day. Let's give it all we got. Wash our hands like the, the priests. There is another reason for this morning hand washing. Because when a man, a man is asleep, his holy soul departs from him and an unclean spirit comes into his body. Wow. When you sleep, there's an unholy spirit inside of you. Well, when rising from sleep, the unclean spirit departs from his entire body except for his fingers. From his fingers. And does not depart from his fingers until one spills on them water three times alternatively. And because of this impurity, one should not even walk four cubits, six feet, without washing one's hands, except in case of extreme necessity. This is, this is quite serious. It even says the water that you wash with in the morning is impure. And make sure not to spill it. That is why we have a custom that we actually we put by our bed, on our bedside. We ha I have a special bucket and a cup that I, lead, I put there every night. So when I wake up, I don't have to move anywhere. Without even, like I said, I don't, without putting my feet on the ground, I'm able to immediately wash my hands. Because you don't want to walk anywhere with, with that. I was told you could even, if you don't, if that's not <coughs> practical, you could use a, a shmata to wipe your hands before you, you still have to wash them, but... <coughs> I, I haven't heard of it, but it could be, it certainly could be. Yeah, I learned that with Rabbi Davis, I don't remember what the source was. But so there, there must have been a source, yeah. um, but <coughs> we should try, and if we can, to put water next to our bed to be able to wash without moving before we go to sleep, when we wake up. Now, so how do we do it? Number eight, the ritual washing of hands in the morning is performed as follows. Take a cup of water with the right hand, put it in the left. First, pour water upon the right hand. Then take the cup back in the right hand, pour water on the left. This performance is repeated three times. It is best to pour the water up to the wrists. But in case of emergency, it is enough up to the joints of the fingers. So this is another important point. When we wash our hands, make sure that the water reaches your wrists all six times, right? In total, we're going to wash each hand three times, a, to a total of six. So each time it should fill your entire, in your entire hand. So with this, I'm going to summarize the details of washing the, hand, the hands in the morning, and then we'll cover, one, uh, we'll cover two more blessings, hopefully within the next 10 minutes. So in summary, when we wake up, we say the Moda'ani, we then go ahead, without moving from our bed, we wash our hands for two reasons, whether because we're like a priest beginning a new day, whether it's because of the impurity, we should not walk six feet without washing our hands. Yes, Yehuda. The number three. Yeah. Where does it come from, the number three, three times? So. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. There's always a tie in, I'm sure. This, there, there's two types of washing the hands, one for bread, and the one for bread, there's different customs. How many times is to pour on each hand? That has, some people say once, two or three times. 
But regarding washing your hands from impurity, mm-hmm. so the sources say that the method of removing impurity is through this method. Three times, alternatively. Um, I've always wondered where the three came from. I'm just going to throw something out. I don't know. Yeah. But we know in Judaism, three, is, three makes something strong. It makes it substantial. It's a chazaka. Right. So perhaps, uh, when you do it three times, you're like, hey, impurity, this is done. Your history, get out of here. Just a thought. I'm not sure. How many blessings are you supposed to say three times? How many blessings? No, I'm you? just saying, there, there's, throughout the Siddur, you see, yes. there's a repeat. Yes, there's a repeat. three times. And yes, yes. Uh, the number thing. Apollo, uh, oh, so there's a lot of threes. Threes is a big number. So now we've thanked Hashem for our soul, but it wasn't an appropriate blessing. We didn't mention God's name. It was very, it was very, um, it was not detail-oriented. Again, that was because we haven't washed our hands. <clears throat> we said a short blessing. We then washed our hands. We're now ready to serve Hashem. And in order, in order to serve Hashem, we now need to thank Hashem appropriately for our body and then for our soul. And those are the next two blessings. The third paragraph on page 5, Asher Yotzar, this is a blessing we actually say every time we go to the bathroom. It thanks Hashem. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has formed man in wisdom and created within him numerous orifices and cavities. It is revealed and known before the throne of your glory. That if but one of them were to be blocked, or one of them were to be opened, it would be impossible to exist even for a short while. Blessed are you, Lord, who heals all flesh and performs wonders. We all know that if any part of our body is, that's supposed to be closed is open, we're in trouble. And unfortunately, if any part of our body that's supposed to be open is closed, we're similarly in trouble. Hashem created our body in the greatest wisdom. Unbelievable how detail-oriented our body is and how amazing it is. And for that, we have to thank Hashem. Say, Hashem, this is amazing. Thank you for giving me my body. Very, very important. Here we see something that Judaism stresses, and unfortunately it's not something that is that, all, that everyone around the world agrees to. And that is, our body... Our body is holy. Our body is godly. Our body is not sinful. Our body is not bad. We have a good body. We're not allowed to do anything bad to our body. We're not allowed to harm our body. This blessing emphasizes that each of us was born to a body that's a great body. It's an amazing body. Thank you, Hashem, for my body. And the body is godly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. That's what I said. Unfortunately, it's not universally accepted. The now we've discussed our body, and now let's, we go. We turn to our soul, and we thank Hashem for returning our soul. But in this blessing, we're going to see some amazing things about our soul again. That if everyone would recognize this, we would just have a different world. Let's read it inside. My God. This last paragraph, page 5. My God, the soul which you have given within me is pure. First point. Our soul, not only our body is holy, our soul is pure. We weren't given a sinful soul. We, in other words, the moment we wake up, the first thing we tell Hashem is, thank you for giving me a holy body and thank you for giving me a pure 
and holy soul. Then what's the bloody Because you could sin. Oh, but I thought you said it's Well, Hashem gave it to us that way. That's what I'm saying. This, this, not everyone agrees even that you were given a pure soul. So we're saying here, Hashem, you've given me a pure soul. I have the ability, unfortunately, to do wrong. But you have given me a pure soul. You have created it. You have formed it. You have breathed it into me. And you, have pre you preserve it within me. Hashem, you created my soul. You formed it. You blew my soul into me. We know that you could talk a whole day. We see people talking a whole day, but you will not see someone blowing balloons for a whole day. Because when you blow, it takes a deep energy within you. We don't say Hashem gave us our soul. We say Hashem blew our soul into us. Hashem took His essence and He blew it into Adam, the first person, and similarly He blows it into all of us. So not only is our soul pure, the blessing continues, it says, the purity is from the deepest level of Hashem. Haha. -ha. Well, if we have such an awesome soul from the depths of Hashem, you know what our soul wants to do? It wants to expire. It wants to go back to Hashem. And that is what we continue. And you preserve it within me. Ha. If you wouldn't preserve it within me, Hashem, I would not be here. Sitting in this world, I have so much better stuff to do being connected to you on high. You will eventually take it from me and you're going to, unfortunately, when this person passes on, but then comes the day when everyone's going to come back to life, you'll restore it within me in the time to come. So long as the, the soul is within me, as long as I'm alive, I offer thanks to you, Lord my God and God of my fathers, Master of all works, Lord of all souls. Blessed are you, Lord, who restores souls to dead bodies. Amazing. If only we knew what we're doing in the morning, we have this amazing setup. The second we wake up, if we focus, we're just going to have an awesome day. First thing we do is we make sure we don't faint. We say Moda'ani. Those 12, we, we, can't, we relax. We focus. Hashem, thank you for a great day. We now wash our hands. I'm getting ready to serve you, Hashem. I'm removing that impurity. Well, now, and we, at that, we also discuss the meaning of a blessing. Blessed, Hashem is a source of, source of blessing. The second and third person, how through doing a mitzvah we connect with Hashem. We then moved on to discuss this, the body, how the body is a good body, it's a holy body. And we've concluded now discussing how the soul is pure. It's from the essence of Hashem. And how our biggest desire is to be connected with Hashem. And therefore, Hashem preserves it within me. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you.